Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about hitting the budget as a project manager with the help of special guest Raul Lopez of Innovative Construction in Atlanta, Georgia. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey, everybody. Tim Fowler here, and welcome to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Keep those ideas coming in. Send me an email at tim at remodelersadvantage.com. We love to hear from people, and we love to get new ideas. We've been on for a couple of years now. And uh, we keep finding new things, but uh, somehow it feels like that's going to wear out. So we need your help making sure we keep this thing fresh so it's exciting for everybody. So today we're going boots on the ground, okay? Uh, We have with us a project manager with a company in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, he seems to be doing a pretty good job of hitting budgets with the, the company. So... I know the company pretty well, and I know everything doesn't run extremely smoothly, right? There are little glitches. I don't want anyone to leave this podcast today going like, well, they probably have everything working. No, they have difficulties just like every other company listening in on this. And so I wanted to talk with this guest about how it works. So I know some of the challenges might be in the estimate, Some of it might be with the clients. Some of it might be prices have changed in the process of the job. There's all kinds of things that happen. And so we want to talk with our guest today about that. So our guest has completed in 2020, he completed 17 jobs totaling $1.95 million with a 1% slip. Client satisfaction rating was 100%. Now, having said all that, you might go like, why he's on? Why is he on there if he has a 1% slip? Well, you know, some jobs just don't go as well as we'd like them to, right? So his production manager, who I know quite well, tells me that most of that 1% was due to one bad job, right? So that happens to all of us. And uh, I think there's a lot to share here. So we've asked him to come on, talk about what he does. I think many of you are going to find that some of these ideas are things that you're already doing, but maybe there's a twist. Maybe there's something he does that'll be just a little different that gives you uh, some ideas. Or maybe for some, you're going to go like, hey, we can do that and that'll make a big difference. So in either case, what we're talking about today is going to be a good reminder for everyone that by taking actions proactively, it makes a big, big difference, even when everything else doesn't run exactly smoothly. So Steve, let's go ahead and get it going. All right, so Raul Lopez is the project manager at Innovative Construction Inc. He manages all aspects of construction on multiple jobs from start to finish. Raul believes that only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far they can go. 
After eight years working in the food industry as a general manager, he decided it's time for a change and gave construction a try. He started as a laborer on a framing crew, quickly learned skills and how to deal with inspections and codes. And three years later, he got the opportunity to work at Innovative Construction, starting as a carpenter and worked his way up to project manager. In addition to managing projects, he does drafting, design, providing 3D renderings and construction plans. Raul is currently enrolled to become a Mary CRPM, which is Certified Remodeling Project Manager. Welcome to the show, Raul. Hello, hello. How are you, uh, Steve and uh, Kim? Thank you for having me. Uh, we're doing great. This is pretty exciting. Uh, so, you know, I was just listening to that uh, that bio and uh, I just, I'm, you know, I'm going to just leave the script just for a second here. Like, how long did it take between when you were, you know, when you said, hey, I want to make a shift to now, or you became a project manager? What was that time frame? Well, um, I started working, uh, when I started working on the, um, on the construction industry, uh, I started working as a framer. Yep. Um, I did work for about three years uh, as a framer. And then that's how I uh, met uh, Clark. Yep. the owner of the company. Um, so he offered me the job at Innovative Construction as a carpenter. And then, um, so I, um, I just came into the company. And then um, from there, uh, they just they just started seeing me how I was working, uh, gave me the opportunity to become a uh, kind of like a lead carpenter. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it just it just took probably I would say about three and a half years uh, before I started getting uh, more jobs or supervising more jobs and then just becoming a project manager. Okay, so the reason I wanted to ask you that is I want all the business owners and managers out there to pay attention. I see so many ads for people five years experience. That's what you have to have to be a project manager or you have to have to be a lead carpenter. And I'm gonna tell you right now, for motivated people, it doesn't take five years, okay? And I just, that, that's the main reason I wanted to bring that out, Raul, because that is so key that if you find the right person, they can advance very, very quickly. And we'll get more into that uh, as we get going, but thank you for letting me kind of go a little bit off there and, and get that that answer from you. So tell us a little bit more about Innovative. Uh, what kind of jobs do you do? Do you have other carpenters that that work for you, or how does the production process work for you guys? Sure, Tim. So Innovative Construction is a design build company, servicing the Atlanta area since uh, 2000. Um, uh, right now, it's uh, rated, uh, it's actually a rated remodeling company, um, and in the company we're uh, twenty, yeah, twenty people on the team, in between um, uh, production, design, sales, accounting, marketing. Um, we do remodeling. Uh, it's a one hundred percent remodeling. Uh, we don't do new jobs or new construction. Uh, so I know, yeah. I, I know you have, so some companies do project managers and they use only subcontractors to do the rest of the work. 
do I understand you guys have in-house carpenters that work and yes. maybe even some laborers that work and and I guess one of the questions was do you have a team that you always work with like you always work with the same master carpenter and the same uh helpers or do you move people around within your your system yes uh we actually are we are three project managers in the uh, production uh, department and then each project manager has um one master carpenter and one uh carpenter and then we have a couple more um uh, positions that are just labor and then those labor kind of move around between the teams uh depending on who's busier or you know who needs some help then we send the guys uh, uh with those teams but yeah pretty much uh each project manager has its own uh master carpenter that is working with them all the time yeah and this is another another sort of trend in the industry that uh many people a need to pay attention to that when you have project managers and you want in-house carpenters, it's good to build teams within a company and not just moving the carpenters all around. In other words, Raul wakes up one day and somebody says, oh, by the way, Tim's not going to be at your job today because we need him someplace else. Totally blows the day off, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah, so, so you were a carpenter with innovative um, what was the hardest thing for you as you advanced, we'll call it advancement, you took on res different responsibilities to move from that carpentry position to the project manager role? What was the hardest thing to pick for you to kind of pick up or think about or change? Yeah, uh, I would say the hardest thing for me it was uh, taking my tool bill off. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, you basically think that you gotta just kind of have hands on the, you know, on the construction, cutting, you know, nailing, you know, doing all the hard work, um, and then you kind of forget about, you know, uh, what is what is going on tomorrow, what is going on the next day, what is going on next week, two weeks, and three weeks ahead. So, uh, getting that mindset of like, okay, you're not really thinking about what is going on right now you need to think about what is going on in the future um that was kind of like the um uh the, the hardest the hardest thing to do um other than that is just you know um once you're into that um uh, you gotta pay you know superficial you know just pay attention to details uh things that um usually a carpenter just realizes once it already needs to be fixed, you know, and then, so you kind of need to think prior to become an issue. So you need to kind of see ahead and then if there is some concerns, just kind of get to it, fix it before it becomes an issue. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. What I'm thinking about right now is I'm going to assume that when you were a carpenter, you were pretty efficient. You, you got things done pretty quickly. Um, how do you, as a project manager, manage the carpenters that you have working for you so that they, uh, that they're as efficient as you? Because I know a, a lot of people move into this management role and they get really frustrated because they, and this pertains to hitting the budget. I used to be able to hit the budget. In fact, when I was a carpenter, a lead carpenter, 
I beat the budget every job I, I did. I mean, it wasn't a question of if it was going to happen. It was going to happen. But then when I became the production manager, a little different role, but similar, now I had to try to get the other people to beat that budget as well. How do you do, how do you, what do you think is key to getting your carpenters to help you hit that labor budget that you used to have complete control of because your hands were on it, but now they're not. The tool belt's off. Now you're, now you're managing people. What, what do you think is key yeah. for that? Well, what I think is that uh, first building a relationship uh, with the with your with your master carpenter, um, you gotta have a really good relationship, uh, and then communication. Um, you gotta you gotta start teaching them. You gotta start showing them the numbers. You gotta start showing um, what what is what you're working with, so they know what they have to hit. You know, because uh, um, hey, uh, you gotta save on material. You gotta try on time. You gotta be more productive here and there. Uh, yes, they would probably do it. But then, if you teach them or you if you show them the numbers, then then that's something uh, that they will it just you know puts it in their minds and they're like, oh, okay, so this is a number. This is something that I I need to look for. You know. Um, and then once they start seeing other projects, they're like, can they see if one, uh, if, for example, they spend a little bit more in material, uh, they're like, oh, wait, we already went over material. Maybe we can save a little bit of money on, um, you know, labor or something like that. So they, they you can just put them to think. That's, that's kind of what I do. Okay. So when you're, when you're doing that, how do you actually do that? Do you have like a, weekly meeting or is it task by task? Like when you assign your master carpenter, like, okay, this week I need you to do this and, and this is how many hours we have, or how do you actually get them knowing what they've got to work with in terms of budget? Um, um, that is a little bit hard sometimes, um, but at the beginning, like the first thing I tried, it was kind of doing a, a one a one-time meeting and then showing them the numbers and then kind of uh, it, it was actually before to start the job, um, but if I don't follow, forget about it. So what I did is I I switch and then I did um, weekly. So I see them every day, uh, but like if I see them on Monday morning, I see them at the job site and I said, okay, this is what is going to happen this week. Do you see the schedule? Do you see what is uh, what is happening? Um, and then this is our budget for this. Like uh, the schedule says that you have three days to do framing. So we got to make it happen for somehow. If you need some more time, you got to let me know. Or if you need more material, you got to let me know. Uh, but um, yeah, it's just kind of like weekly, once you start the, the week or once you start a new stage of the um, project. Okay, cool. Raul, when you switched, I know taking the tools off is a big deal. That's a huge transition, but now you have to hold people accountable and tell them what to do and responsible for getting people to do things. What did you do uh, when you first started this role? What, what training did you go through? Was there a book? Was there a um, management training? How, how did you uh, do that? Take over that role? Uh, yeah, that kind of... Uh... That kind of came 
a little bit natural to me. Um, I work about eight years as a general manager in a, in a restaurant. So I deal with like about, you know, 20 people. Um, yeah. I have to manage about 20 people on, at once. Um, so when I came to the, uh, to the construction and I just had to manage about four or five people, uh, under me, um, it kind of, it kind of, you know, it was kind of very natural that, uh, me, me dealing with, uh, with the employees. Um, other than that too, I guess it's just being, um, just to them, um, just truthful, you know, just, just say, Hey, this is what I'm trying to do. Um, you can do this as well. If you want to continue, just kind of encourage them. And then, um, yeah, just be honest. I like that. Truthful. It's a novel yeah. concept, isn't it? But it yeah. works. Yeah, it's amazing. So without awesome. throwing anybody under the bus, Raul, are the estimates that you get sometimes challenging? All you have to do is say yes or no. Yes. All right. So, yeah. so what is it you do then? Let's just, I know there's a few things that we talked about, uh, you know, off air, so to speak, that you, you get an estimate, you look at it, you go like, okay, this is going to be tight. This is close. I, 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 I'm going to have to work this thing to make sure that I hit the budget. And so, Let's just talk about a few of those things and let's start first with the, the change orders because that's, I think, uh, a challenge for a lot of people. How do you guys handle change orders and how do you handle them particularly in terms of making sure that you hit your budget? Yeah, so change orders, uh, nobody likes change orders. Right. Um, I don't like change orders, <laughs> um, but uh, this happened. So, um, in order for me to to realize that it's a change order, I need to um, I need to look ahead. I need to do a weekly survey. Um, well, we actually do a weekly survey uh, with a client. So then, when we prior to that survey, I study the the scope of work. I study the um, the budget. And then if I see some kind of uh, discrepancy there or some kind of issue, um, I, I, I go back to, to the contract and see if there's um, uh, there. So then if there's any differences, then that's when I, uh, uh, then you realize that there's a change order or might be a change order. Um, those are, I guess, unforeseen things, uh, you know, when, when you're, come back and then you take up the wall and then, you know, there's, there's something there. And that, um, yeah, just, just kind of, um, be always, uh, uh, looking for, for things that might change or that have changed from the actual, uh, contract or budget. And then just be on the lookout for those. So do you actually write those up yourself? Do the project managers in your company write up all the change orders and present them to the clients and get signatures and that sort of thing? Correct. So once, once we realize that it's a change order, uh, we, do, we, start, we have a process, basically. We, uh, we do follow a checklist, and then uh, we basically go 
um, looking what is what is the amount of the change order, uh, presenting it to the client, and then once the client approves, then we can do the work, and then um, and then we build the client. Um, there is certain amount of um, you know sometimes when they when the homeowner comes in and it's like, hey, I want to add this extra work. Uh, if it is you know pretty extensive that is going to take me maybe a full day to the change order then we pass it back to sales but if it is uh, something quick you know something uh, that it doesn't take much time then yeah we'll do it i just wanted to take a few minutes to talk to you about getting back out on the road this year As you may recall, I've been working on site with remodelers and builders all around the US and Canada for the past decade or so. I offer on site consulting focused on production systems and helping your company become more efficient. This involves a two day on site visit. A few years ago, when I joined Remodelers Advantage, we started calling this the Tim Tour, as if I'm some kind of rock star. And I'm really anxious to get back out there and, as Southwest would say in their commercials, move about the country. Of course, I follow all CDC protocols on masks, social distancing, etc. And so far, we've been able to have some really productive sessions with the five or six remodelers I have worked with this past year. For more information about my on-site production training or to inquire about available dates, shoot me an email at tim at remodelersadvantage.com and I will get back to you right away with more details. All right, so change orders are a critical part of of keeping up with the budget. Otherwise, you can, I mean, I've heard people say 10 or 20% of the cost of the job is quite often spent in change orders. And if you start giving them away, there goes all your profit in, you know, right out the window. Uh, with those kinds of things. So what happened? I, I understand recently you put in place uh, purchase orders. And, you know, I think purchase orders mean something in other other um, industries, I guess. In our world, not too many people use purchase orders. So what is a purchase order and what difference does it make in terms of you guys keeping on budget? Yeah, well, um, is basically getting the beat from our trade partners. So we presented this couple of work to them prior to the job starts or prior to the contract. So they gave us, they give us their beat. And then what we do is we review it. We compare it to the couple of work, make sure that it matches. And then we send it back and we said, okay, um, so this is what you say you're going to charge us for this type of work. Um, so they sign off on those. And then when it comes the time for them to do the work, uh, if there is any changes from uh, the original scope, they're going to let us know. Uh, in advance and they're going to be like, oh, wait, you know, we got to do this. And then this wasn't supposed to be on this couple of work. Then, you know, then that's when you realize that there's a change order or credit or anything like that, you know? Um, 
So we recently started implementing those. Uh, it's, it's not too long ago that we started it. Um, we're still kind of in the process of trying to figure it out. Okay. Um, our trade partners are still kind of buying into it. Uh, there's uh, there's some that pretty quick they went like, oh yeah, this is good, you know. But then there's other ones that um, there's smaller companies and then they actually doing the work. So it takes them a little while, you know, they, they're responding on a Sunday night, you know, stuff like right. that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's just something that, that we just start doing and um, it looks promising. It looks really good. I mean, um, it, it actually helps you. Um, so Raul, are you, track. are you saying that you're getting involved before the job is sold and you're helping to create these, these, uh, uh, POs before the job is sold, therefore the the price that the the sub gives you gets in the budget. No, um, okay. this these purchase orders are being done by sales and um, and our accountant. Okay, they basically do all the paperwork. When we get involved is when when they give us the job. Then we start looking at the purchase order and we compare it to the budget to make sure that it matches. Um, okay. before we start the job, basically. So, so what happens yeah. if it doesn't, it doesn't line up? When it doesn't line up, then we got to do a little bit of research, see what <laughs> it is, uh, what was the issue? Uh, we got to go back to, you know, the contract, we got to go back to the trade partner and say, Hey, uh, what, why is this not lining up? Um, and then sometimes it's just a quick call, uh, to the, to the accountant and, you know, it gets fixed, but yeah. Yeah, but that's all. That is prior to the job start, so you're saving yeah. a lot of, a lot of issues down the road. I got it. Okay, so basically, I guess. Oh, I really want to emphasize that. So, so the job is sold, the contract is done, but you're looking at these purchase orders before you ever tear out walls and things like that. So you're everything gets settled if there is a discrepancy before you start the project. Yeah, that's that's kind of like the goal. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's the so that way when the trade partner comes into the work, there's no changes. There's no you know, we we do walkthroughs pre like pre work walkthroughs yeah. uh, with the trade partners just to you know triple check at the end before they do the work. Right. Um, but then that that's just like a five minute you know conversation with the with the plumber saying hey you know revision this couple word revision your um your beat and make sure that everything is good yeah the, the the thing i've been trying to stress to project managers is that if you have the conversation before the job starts there's a better chance that they'll say hey no problem i can do that while i'm there and you can write it in for the same amount of money on the contract but if you wait till they get on the job they're going to go this is a change order and it's just a shame. So let me just follow up a little bit. How much time do you have between when you get the job as the project manager and then the job actually starts? Do you, do you have like a couple of weeks in there where you have time to review all this documentation? Yes, uh, we actually have about probably, uh, I would say about three weeks before three we weeks. start the job. Yeah, we start uh, we start getting uh, with a uh, a few meetings. Uh, basically, we start 
once the pro the contract is signed, then we do uh, a quick meeting, about a 15 to 30 minute meeting, uh, when I get introduced to the job. Um, then uh, sales uh, give me the um, uh, the scope of work. Uh, we check out the POs and everything, and then uh, I create the schedule. Then after that, we have another consolidation meeting. And that's when design comes with all the selections, um, you know, all the all the notes, everything there. So they give it to me, and then we created this orange binder where where it has all the uh, all the information in it. That's when I get that binder. Uh, if there is any major selection missing or anything like that, uh, I don't get the binders. Design gets it back, and then uh, once they figure everything out and everything is hopefully everything is there, then I'll, um, then they give it to me. So all this happens about, yeah, about three weeks, four weeks, some of them, depending on the size of the job, about four weeks before the jobs. Nice. Nice. Everybody's going to want to work for you guys. So, um, (laughs) you introduced the idea of planning, looking ahead. And when we were talking about how do you get the how do you get the carpenter to really focus on the budget with you? And you're talking about how you're planning ahead. So talk a little bit more about uh, how you do that planning. Is it, uh, is it weekly? Is it daily? Is it, and, and what are you focusing on? And particularly as it relates to the budget, uh, I think that's the main thing we're talking about in terms of the podcast, but how do, how, how, what do you do? looking two or three weeks ahead that pertains to keeping this job on budget. Yeah. So this happens like uh, every day, uh, basically um, uh, I kind of leave the work life three weeks ahead. So what I prepare is um, I try to block a, a full day, if not a half a day at the office. And then I, um, and then I check my schedule three weeks ahead, see what is going to happen, um, create my calendar according to the schedule uh, for different jobs. And then uh, this happens once a, once a week. But then tomorrow when I get to the job site, uh, whatever is happening that week, it was already planned three weeks ago or at least two weeks ago. Um, and then it's just, it's just a continuous progress you know every day it just kind of keeps going on and on and on uh but the week that the week that we are right now it was already planned uh three weeks ago so it just kind of moves a little smoothly it just makes it easier when you have to adjust the sketch you had to take another day you just you know you just push it one more day or or you try to fit it in into the um the same schedule but um yeah you're gonna have to deal with that every every week on the present, uh, but at least you already have something to base your schedule three weeks ahead. So. Yeah. So how does that relate to the budget? What are you thinking about during those planning times that relates to, uh, okay, I got to watch this or I have to think about that or, or maybe, maybe I, maybe I don't have enough labor in the budget for two or three guys on the job site anymore. So I'm making, how, do, how does all that planning relate to that budget stuff? Yeah, it just makes it uh, makes it easier to look at the numbers. Um, 
so like you say, you know, if uh, I'm looking that in three weeks, I won't have labor to cover uh, some type of work in one job, then that gives me uh, an opportunity to get a, a subcontractor, get a trade partner, you know, get somebody else. Um, because in the carpenters in the house are busy or, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to use them. So we get somebody else to, to, um, to do the job. But then I'm looking three weeks ahead. It's not like I wake up this morning and be like, oh, I need to call, you know, this guy because he needs to come and do it right now. So, um, and then that gives me time also to, um, to ask for his uh, price. You know, I introduced the job as I run. Um, he gives me his price. And if I see feed into my budget, then, you know, I, I kind of go with him or what I can negotiate or anything like that. Um, also, on, uh, on this time that I block, um, I kind of prepare for, uh, for the weekly meeting that I have with uh, Eric, our production manager. Okay. Um, so I look into, I look into my budget. I look at my schedule. I, I look into, um, I have a, like a small checklist that I do uh, to prepare for that meeting. And then when I do that meeting with Eric, we go over the numbers. We see that, you know, it may be um, a demolition. We save a little bit of money. Um, but in framing, we kind of went over a little bit. Um, so then he kind of compensates. And then we're just looking at overall throughout the whole, the whole project. Um, and just keeps me, you know, uh, keeps me up to date. Uh, just, just checking the, the budget. Yeah. So, so I, I think I heard you say that before your meeting with the production manager, you're actually going over all those numbers on your own. And then when you get in there to that meeting, then you're ready to talk intelligently with the production manager about that. I think that's, that's fantastic. That's a really great way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Eric is, uh, is a pretty busy, uh, pretty busy man. So we don't want to take much of his time. So uh, we come prepare, we come with the numbers already said, uh, and then if there is, you know, any issues or any uh, potential issues, we, we go over them and then, uh, sometimes it just get a little longer, but um, yeah, no, definitely we we look into it um, prior to. Yeah. So how did you shift from bags on getting the job done to actually caring about the budget? Because this is a big, it's a challenge for a lot of people who, particularly if they grow sort of grow up in the you know bags on world. How did you? make that shift from, you know, I care about getting the framing done to I care about the numbers. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just motivational. Um, the company is an open book company. And then, uh, so we see how we're doing, you know, uh, we see how we're doing as a team. Um, also that we have the uh, production metrics uh, which real, makes us realize how, how we are doing. And, um, you know, if we're doing good, everybody's doing good. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, motivating. You get um, uh, your job is, is secure, you know. Um, 
And then the better that you do, the better the company does, uh, the better everybody does. Okay. All right. So, ba- so basically, kind of to reiterate a little bit there, what you're looking at is you, you're motivated to help the company succeed. Therefore, looking at the numbers is part of that process. And so you want to make sure that those numbers work. So just so everybody knows, the metric that he referred to is one that we use in our production manager roundtables. And um, it's basically set up to track all this information so that uh, it's fairly easy to get to once it's, uh, once it's all filled out. So we're going to start kind of wrapping up here, Raul. But I wanted to ask you, you've mentioned Eric a couple of times. And um, I know Eric fairly well. Uh, but I'm just wondering, like, what kind of support does he give you in terms of, uh, of helping you not only maybe care about the numbers, but also just like, what does he do to help you so that you're not the only one thinking about the numbers, I guess? Because it's, uh, it's hard to be the only one that cares, right? Uh, that's a tough place to be, especially when things don't go very well. Like that that job we mentioned earlier that didn't go very well, it's, that's not much fun, right? That's, that, that's a downer, right? When we're winning, that's good, but when we're not. So what, what kinds of stuff does he do? And I, the main thing I'm interested in is for other managers and owners that are listening to this podcast to kind of go like, hey, if I, could, if I did something like that, maybe that would help my team as well. Yeah, it's just uh, basically uh, listening, uh, give advice. Uh, he's always um, uh, he's always available for us. You know, if uh, he's all, you know he has his own meetings, his own work, and everything. But if, if there is an issue, or there is a doubt, or there is something that that we need or we don't know how to handle, uh, we go to him, and he's always there to listen and give advice. Um, also, on the weekly meetings, you know, we always uh, take advantage of those uh, 45 minutes to an hour that we that we spend with him. And then, um, you know, look, uh, makes us realize or see things, you know, differently. Um, so that, that's basically what he does. Um, he encourages us all the time. Hey, you know, we're a team. Uh, you know, if there is, you know, if there is something here, we, we can work at it together. Um, so, yeah, so he's just, you know, uh, overall, he's a, he's a good dude. Uh, he's a good person, encouraged, straight. So, so did, do, you, do you meet with him individually or is it all three of the project managers together? No, it's individually. So, basically, uh, uh, yeah, we, we take uh, about an hour, hour and hour and a half sometimes depending on how busy we are uh but it seemed to be doing yeah 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 i think that's another we also have... go ahead no go ahead. yeah um the other now that you're saying about that uh we have also another meeting separate to um to our our one on one uh and then this one is includes the three project managers and him and then just basically this meeting is just to see an overall uh, for the whole, you know, the whole year or the whole quarter, or it's just like a big picture kind of meeting okay. um, that that we do for with him. That's fantastic. 
Well, this has been great. And like I, like I said in the introduction, I think there's some things that they're doing that many people are doing as well, but there may be these little tips, like maybe the individual meeting versus just the big meeting, you know, particularly as it relates to talking about job cost and making an individual job successful, little things like that. Um, you know, the planning is obviously very, very critical and uh, a number of other things. So thank you so much, Raul, for taking some time out of your day. Really appreciate this. And uh, no, thank you, Tim. Sure. And uh, we look forward to hearing about even greater success. Great, great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much All for right. having me. Th thanks so much. Take care, Raul. Thank you, you too. So, Tim, there's a bunch here. Give me some of your highlights because I've got a few as well. Okay. So I, I think, you know, just the whole idea that we stressed right at the very beginning of, you know, coming from another industry, I was thinking too that here's somebody who, who did a lot of customer service type mm -hmm. stuff with another industry that is, is really shining as a project manager. So I, I've encouraged business owners, don't look totally in the remodeling world to find project managers because they can come out of other industries, but also, you know, it, not very long, three years or something as a carpenter and then moving into the project manager role. And I, I just, it just frustrates me when people think they have to know in order to work for me, you have to be able to build the, the empire state building and then I'll let you be a project manager. And that's just, it's insane. There's so many yeah. good things that come without that. I hadn't heard you necessarily say that before. And I was, I thought that was a pretty insightful comment there that, you know, he's obviously excelled pretty quickly in that carpenter role. He has a lot of service experience. So, yeah, I think the other thing that, that, that I really keyed in on was this idea of, of when you're on the job, you can get things done because you're there. But as a project manager, how do you get things done through other people? And yeah. the first thing he said was build relationships. Yep. You know, and, and, and then the next thing he said was share the math, show them the numbers, show yeah. them, you know, how long will it take? How long do we have in the budget to actually get this done? And between the relationship and the budget, people will work. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll respond to that kind of management. They won't respond to, Hey, get this done. Yeah, he was also very open and I, I hooked on to that truthful comment yeah. just because yeah. he said, uh, you just have to let them know what you want. It sounds simple, but <laughs> just outline, communicate and let them know what you expect. And then from there, it's pretty simple stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, so you know. Again, just reinforcing to everybody, you know, some of this stuff uh, others are doing, right? But for many people out there, you know, having a meeting to go over, you know, what's in the budget, what's not, that's not going on. And my thinking is, is it, obviously you can over meet. You're not going to have, you know, 40 hours of meetings and be productive. But yeah. the more we focus on that, whether it's in a meeting or with clients or with other people, the greater our chances are of actually hitting that budget. Well, this was fantastic. We especially want to thank 
Raul Lopez for joining us today. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. And remember, no matter what the estimate is (laughs) for the Tim Fowler Show, we're encouraging you to say or not say, excuse me, oh, well, it is what it is. But do something about it and try to beat that budget. Thanks for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.